0: What's going on, Patreons? Man, that big bet has been working out well for me. Being able to hit up Dr. Kyle and his DMs. We're on a synchronized schedule. It's crazy. Every time I'm about to message him, he's about to message me. But uh, being able to bounce those ideas off of him and then being able to reach out to Memphis. Typically, I just do it directly to the team personally instead of a DM. But, man, I've grown in, what, five weeks of doing the sports betting. And the big bets helped. I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have, but listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, I'm um, starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting, um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went 5-2 and two on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle as soon as the opening lines came in. So, uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great appreciate
2: everything what's happening everybody happy wednesday and welcome to the dynasty Warzone, zone the people's dynasty podcast and on this week's show we are going right back to the rookie five question game wide receiver edition with my main man nick whalen yes that nick whalen but before we get into that I've got to bring in my co-host, my other main man, my main man on a weekly basis. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Gerald Sinclair. Gerald, what's happening?
3: Man, lots of disappointment, lots of excitement. There was a a famous pooping scandal, which is always good on Monday Night Football, especially when I am the man that references poop so often.
2: Uh, I I do love a good poop story.
3: Listen, it was it was something I loved every second of the Lamar Jackson number two fiasco. Uh, it won me a week. I saw that I got the notification that said he was out of the game. I was losing to Sipes from the Dynasty HQ podcast. Good guy, good player. I was down by 0.5, and I got that notification, and I thought, I hate this game. I actually chatted in the Dynasty Patreon chat, and I said, I hate 2020 because of that. Little did I know he just had a little bit of a poop attack himself. Came back out, won me the game. Thank you, sweetheart. Ah, it's just—it's a fairy tale ending.
2: Hey, you know what? Sometimes you—you gotta—you just gotta poop. We've all been there. Um, my man, Listen, Martin, best my, time
3: to do all your trades too. He—he hey, he was probably sending offers. If he, I had to make a guess,
2: hundred percent. He's in a—he's in a league that doesn't have a trade deadline and he was rattling off a couple of offers got lost up we've all been there we've all been we've all been in the bathroom we've lost track of time we're just firing we're just firing off trades left and right and what happened is like the equipment manager had to run in there and be like Lamar Lamar we we need you we're down seven Trace just blew his knee out and he's like all right so he hit send on that final trade and uh went went and took care of business after taking care of business but man we've all been there one of my favorite podcasts is a is called the power project with Mark Bell he's a he's a fitness guy and he they don't do it as much anymore they used to do a segment every show about like a famous poop story cuz they're all bodybuilders and powerlifters and and he calls it getting struck by lightning he's like one minute you're just sitting there minding your business and then the next minute you literally feel like you get struck by lightning and you have to go to the bathroom, or you will poop your pants. And I think that's what happened to Lamar last night. I think he was minding his business, got struck by lightning, and had to do it. But hey, uh, good for him, Jerry. No, no, not just you, and not just my wife or, or your wife. But have you ever met anyone that came into your world and just changed your life?
3: Uh, I mean, I mean, there's a few. I mean, you're one of them. Let's let's be real. But what, well, but what are you? What are you?
2: What am I? What, what, am, you am, am, you at? Yes. what am I angling at? Yeah, angling at. Well, we ask all the time on the show for five-star reviews. It is the number one, easiest, freest, funnest way to help out the show. And I've said it a million, a million times, that is how we're going to grow and change the show. And and we had someone, we had someone, you know, literally in his comments, he is going to change the way the Dynasty Warzone conducts business going forward from an intro standpoint. Uh, His name was Mike. Four 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 H Y T. Jerry, do you want to know what Mike said? Uh, I
3: see what Mike said, but let the people know because it was constructive criticism. So I'm giving Mike very credit. much
2: so. This is the people's podcast, and this is what the people Mike said. Five stars for the content, but the content usually doesn't start until about fifteen minutes in. Maybe just put all that info in the pod details and direct us from there. And I went back and I listened to a couple of shows, and I said, God damn it. If Mark getting a, excuse me, if Mike getting a smart son bitch, check that out. We do spend way too much time, you know, previewing what's coming up and we do three or four shows a week. You gotta know what we're doing. You know to subscribe on YouTube. So, so you know what, Mike, you, you sweet, sweet, sweet man, thank you. You have changed the way we're gonna do this going forward. We're gonna keep the intro to within five minutes going forward jerry i think that was very fair criticism from uh from mike what do you think about mike triple four and his comments listen
3: i am a consumer of podcast too so i i'm i want to get right to the the meat and potatoes of it too so i'm mad at him we did get one that was a little less constructive
2: randy well, you know, here's the thing. I read this last week. So, for those that don't know, know, every review that comes in, I read it because we use a service called Chartable. It tells us how we rank in the world of podcasts, as it relates to fantasy, not just fantasy football, but all fantasy sports, fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, NASCAR, etc. Uh, uh, fantasy MMA. They all have reaches, and so it, what I like about this service is that it pulls all of our Reviews from every site, not just Apple, but any site platform where a listener leaves a review. And when I saw it initially, I was I was kind of pissed off because it's a one star review. And I, I fought the urge going into this intro to dog cuss this man or woman. I don't I don't know because um, when I say dog cuss, that that's southern for cuss you like a dog. Just you know, call you a raggedy rat soup eating motherfucker is what I wanted to do, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I I didn't think that would be constructive. Let's read what BDE1018 says. Seems like they just got into Dynasty, comma, whilst, good use of the word whilst, W-I-L-S-T, whilst, talking down from a pedestal, question mark. First of all, BDE, we are not new. You're new to us, but we ain't new. We've been rocking this thing in this current host configuration with me and the man of the hour here, for two and a half years. The Dynasty Warzone as a property has been around for three and a half years. So no, we're not new. And I think based on when you sent the review, where your comments came from. It feels like you got a little a little butthurt about our comments, mostly mine. I'm not gonna lump Jerry in, although he's a co-conspirator. And in, in, in that the, uh, you know, we warned you about amateur scout season. I don't take it back. I'm not running it back. Here's the thing. Just because some guy uh, goes on to YouTube and watches a bunch of highlight videos of a player set to really shitty rap music does not make that person a scout and does not make me a, uh, a believer in their work. Earn it. Same, same thing with a guy or lady who's really good with, with, with uh, Excel or Google Docs and pivot tables, and they can run a whole bunch of numbers into a spreadsheet and then heat map that thing, and then tell me they're an analytics maven. That's not how this shit works around here. So if I was preaching, first of all, I'm not a preacher. I'm a reacher. and I'm a teacher. And I'm here to help people be better at Dynasty Fantasy Football. So if you don't like my cadence, you don't like my tone, fine. There are plenty of fluffy little podcasts out there where the host gets jerked off by the co-host, and then when he gets done getting jerked off by the co-host he jerks himself off. There's plenty of that shit out there. It's out there. We are not for everyone. We are here to make dynasty owners better. That's all that we're here to do. If you don't like how we do it, thanks for the review. So I'm not going to call you a raggedy rat soup eating motherfucker. I'm going to thank you for the review, even though it was a one-star review, and we'll try to be a little less preachy. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do a disservice to the listeners of the Dynasty War Zone. I'm not going to go along. I'm not going to get my pom-poms out. I'm not going to tell you to follow old Billy Bob because Billy Bob's 2,300 followers away from 2,500 followers and give him a, a, give him a follow. And we're going to drink booze and act like a bunch of jackasses. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen on this podcast. Not now, not ever. We are here to build Dynasty rosters. Functional advice for functional dynasty GMs. If it's not for you, BDE, cool. Thanks for the review, but there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord splits you. Jerry, what do you got for this guy? Because I'm I'm fighting the urge to call him again. So, so some bad names, but you know what? I'm just going to say thank you for the review. Thank you for the criticism.
3: Uh, I guess you're a little bit nicer than me. Uh, I would say that I don't talk down from a pedestal. I talk down from the fucking mountaintops. I don't want to hear none of the nonsense. I don't care. I don't care that you don't like me. It. it we made it. Randall, Mr. Memphis, we finally got haters, baby. We made haters. it. it took some time. Haters. We've we've, had, we've got a great community of people that love us, and I love them. And even though Whitney, Whitney beat me in Debbie 1, which are in the Patreon 1 League, and sent me packing in the playoffs, I still love her, too. It's okay. I love all of you, except for Maddie Big Chess, who I got to play in the, the listener league. He's going to be my enemy for this week. But next week, I'll go right back to loving him. Those are my people. You're my people. Dr. Kyle, everybody, everybody. We got a little bit of people that thinking we're a little preachy. We are. I it, Listen, I'm not going to disagree with them. There's a lot of stuff that I see that I think is effing stupid. And I think it's overreactions. And I think it's it just hot takey and i don't think it helps people assemble good dynasty rosters so i don't i don't care i don't care bless bless your sweetheart and if you don't want to listen to us that's that's fine i'm i i I, you know why i sit here and why i do this every week randy because i like fucking talking to you you're a smart dude you help me become better and i try and help you become better and realize different things listen we can shit talk David Montgomery all we want. He's an RB1 this year, is he not? Because of value, volume and value. Stuff happens. You know, we, we all don't hit on everything. And the people that claim they do are the people that I am talking down on from my pedestal.
2: Hey, I, I'm, we sign off every show and it's been our goal. Not my goal, not your goal, our goal since we took sole ownership of the Dynasty War Zone and all the things we're trying to do with it. We sign off on every Dynasty War Zone with we are trying to make the world a better place for Dynasty Fantasy Football. But if you're looking, if you're looking for the podcast where we go, and this week in week 14, so-and-so did this, and their stock went up, and so-and-so did that, and their stock went down. <laughs> and here are my top three buys, and here are my top three sells. Not you're your show. Not, you, this is not the show for you. Hit pause, hit stop, swipe left, delete the show, and go Go download another Dynasty show. Because you're never going to find that here. Are we going to talk about buys from time to time? You bet your ass we do. We but, have to. We, we, absolutely are we going to talk about sales sometimes absolutely we have to but we don't spend a lot of time on the news we don't spend a lot of time on rankings we don't spend a lot of time looking in the rearview mirror what happened and we don't spend a lot of time overreacting to what happened last week and if listen we, we used to do that
3: i sure show we did, did it, it was it didn't flow as well it wasn't as good we didn't get a good response from it that's why it the
2: show sucked, sucked. The there show you fucking go. sucked. I'll, I'll, just, listen, I'll just call it like it was. It sounded like everybody else.
3: <laughs> yes, it did. And listen, let me just apologize to Mike444HYT. I know we've been on a little bit of a rant. We haven't gotten into the content, but we needed to get this off our chest. It feels good to take a couple shots at some haters. If you get jabbed and you get thrown back into the corner, you got to take some swings back. That's all we're doing. Mike, I promise you going forward,
2: we're going to help you out, buddy. You're darn right we are, Mike. So, for both of you guys, BDE1018, thank you for firing me up, getting me the motivation, the energy to bring it strong tonight, because that's what we're going to do. You know, when I was preachy about who we have on and who we don't have on, listen, last week's guest, Ray Garvin, Ray is a former college football player. Tonight's guest, Nick Whalen, is a former college football coach. Both of these gentlemen have been in the Dynasty and Debbie space for years, years. I get a lot of credit in the Dynasty space for, quote-unquote, bringing Terry McLaren to light. The first time I really got an introduction to that dude was from tonight's guest, Nick Whalen. I'm not saying that there aren't other good people out there creating content, because there are. There are. But I keep my circle small until someone has earned our trust by putting good stuff in the market. So until that's the case, we can't do that. But man, we have got a great show before we grab Nick Jerry. Just give me a quick recap. Uh how many leagues do you have left? Are you uh looking you looking good, you looking bad, you looking rough? What what we got?
3: Ah, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh I would say, you know, I'm in 22 leagues, I think it is, and I've probably got like six left um i had a couple of buys so, how, so
2: so 22 how many did you make the playoffs
3: probably like half probably about half and so then, 11 and then yep. you're down to six Yep. now a couple of them were total rebuilds so i are I, I mean you're in the ultimate premium league with me you know that's one of the worst teams in dynasty so i i have a few of those but i've done okay um some not so good you know i traded for josh jacobs for you trying to get over the top he decided he wanted to poop his pants now luckily. Lamar almost pooped his pants, still got me the win in that league. I've had a little bit uh the league, the rock league. We're in with the Aussies and Kyle from the uh, SmackDown, you know, moving on in that one. But I got to face Kyle and he's got a fucking juggernaut, which is not good. I- I'm doing okay. I am. If I lose the war zone listener league, I will be devastated. I will let you know. Cause I think that is one of the who, who best
2: are you playing. Team. Who are you playing?
3: I'm playing Matt. I have Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan as my quarterbacks. Pretty good, right? My running backs are Zeke and Alvin Kamara. My wide receivers, ready for this, are Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Kelvin Ridley, and Stephon Diggs, and I have Travis Kelsey. It is a juggernaut. It has scored 300 more points than anyone else.
2: You're going to lose. Exactly. I don't want to put the jinx on you. But but you're gonna lose. I'll give and you a quick recap, and we gotta grab Nick. You know we don't want to keep yeah. our guest waiting. Mike. Uh, I, Sorry, Mike. I, I have 17 leagues, made the playoffs in nine. Couple of rebuilds. Uh, there was the orphan you and Kevin Catillo yeah. and JD, and you guys roped me into doing. Uh, but I made the playoffs in nine, and man, I, it felt like I ran into a buzzsaw of Derrick Henrys, mm-hmm. Mike Gesakeys, Jonathan Taylors everywhere I turned. Uh, made made the, the the next round in four. Of the nine, so I'm kind of like you. I'm grinding. Uh, one league, Trade Addict Seven with my man, shout out to my man Russ at Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm battling good friend of the show, JP Hurley of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Uh, he was the number one seed. Uh, I lost Austin Eckler for a time in this league. I got him back. I lost George Kittle in this league. I'm hoping hoping and praying, uh, although I'm rolling Cole Komet, but all in all, man, it's been. It's It's been a good run. And speaking of good runs, so again, thanks to Mike, Triple Four, HYT. So going forward, we're going to keep after today and after I had to, you know, preach a little bit because I'm preaching like my name's a televangelist. But uh, outside of that, Mike, we will keep this thing a little bit shorter. We'll tell you what's on the horizon tomorrow on YouTube will be the Fabulous Big Bet Wednesday night. And then what's in the rearview mirror on Monday night and Tuesday on the podcast, we did our first mock draft Monday. It was myself, Matty Big Chest, and Matt Hicks, aka at the FF underscore educator. We did our first mock draft. That's something we're going to do every Monday. It might be a one round. It might be three rounds. It might be a startup mock draft. You never know what you're going to get on Mock Draft Mondays here at the Dynasty War Zone. Special guests, so much fun. Uh, looking forward to that. That's going to go every Monday between now and Memorial Day. We're going to do all kinds of crazy shenanigans on Mock Draft Monday. We'll still be doing the Dynasty Warzone, and we'll be doing the fabulous Big Bet up through the Super Bowl. So I don't want to be labored to point because that would not be taking Mike's criticism to heart. And, Mike, we certainly are. So, Jerry, We've got it all off our chest. Hey, and if you want us to rant about your review, leave it. <laughs> leave it. But but we're not going to encourage negative reviews. Um, if you leave us a one-star, I'm just going to ignore it going forward. We're going to celebrate the positive. Uh, like Mike, if you make a good suggestion, we'll change it. Like Mike. And remember, I like to sing occasionally on these podcasts. What was that famous Gatorade commercial back in the day? I want to be like Mike. Be like Mike. Leave us a five-star And love on the content. And speaking of love, I love our next guest. His name is Nick Whalen. Let's go grab that man, Jerry.
3: Yeah, I got my pen. I got my paper ready. Let's get him. Let's get him.
2: Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to TrophySmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code Ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above... The league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game. You want to have the best league in town. Go over to TrophySmack.com. Get that trophy. Get that ring. Use that code D W Z ring. And let's have a big season. And here he is, as promised. We do have a guest tonight. Let me uh, let me do this the proper way. Our guest tonight is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And man, this thing is growing like crazy. Um, This is where people who are looking for a safe place to play Dynasty with people who are either um, into Dynasty as much as they are or um, looking to make new friends in the Dynasty world. Um, You're guaranteed to be in a league if you join a Patreon league with some combination of me or Jerry, our graphics guru, Maddie, or our chief medical consultant, Dr. Kyle, and a soon to be mystery redraft co-host. It's also the home of the infamous group chat that is never dry. Jerry, this thing goes on 24/7 it seems like.
3: Uh it not not it seems like. It certainly is. We've got it's people the all across it is the Australians. You got 100%
2: the Australians. They're cyborgs. They are. And they they don't sleep. They they get up like at 3 in the morning to watch football in australia you know some of the members chime in every day some drop by occasionally but there's always room for you and we love to have you uh starting in 2021 as startup season gets here build season orphan season uh check us out head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone and uh join today and let's bring in our guest one of my absolute favorites and not just as a dynasty analyst But as a friend, uh, one of the few members of the Dynasty and Fantasy community that I've met in person, uh, his name is Nick Whalen, and he is the creator of the Graduates and the Debbie Report. Uh, These are must-follows. As you guys know, I am college game-impaired, and I uh, rely so heavily on things like the Graduates and the Debbie Report to get me up to speed this time of the year. He is a former football coach turned life coach. He occasionally hangs out with some dynasty nerds, and he's an obstacle course racer and can be found on both Instagram and Twitter at underscore Nick Whalen. Nick, my friend, welcome back, buddy.
4: Dude, that's way too much. I mean, I'm I'm just a guy, man. But uh, I want to say this, this plug. I've, you know, I've, I've been blessed to do a lot of podcasts over the years. My favorite podcast is the fitness one that me and you did.
2: Because it, it we're going to do that again, man. We're going to do that again in the
4: offseason. Uh, well, you got to have me on because it was so much fun to do something I'm passionate about outside of this football world. Because we, we just talk about this stuff all the time, which, you know, we love it. So that's cool. But there was another passion. I was like, oh, someone's finally asking me about, you know, lifting and running and, and, and health and and helping somebody in that way. I feel like would transform their life way more than, hey, pick this receiver over this receiver in a draft.
2: Absolutely. And I'll try to have you on. So we have been, uh, sponsored by a brand called hate brand goods and the owner of the company, his name's Matt Vincent, and he very much shares the passion of helping people through fitness as well. So we're going to, you know, continue to do that. We're adding shows all the time. I was literally writing out our calendar of shows through the, uh, through the first quarter of 2021. And we're still going to be dropping two, three shows a week. So we're going to have guests like you. We'll have you back on. Uh, Jerry will not be on the fitness podcast. He no, might I be- was
3: actually just thinking what we should do is have you guys talk about all the things that you think is a good idea and then just have me do them. And then just watching some some lame person that can't pull it off trying to do it. I think that is going to be true <laughs> or, entertainment.
4: Or or a before and after, Jerry. You, you yeah. could be transformed, man.
2: I, I feel like some Only combination I oil
4: myself up after
2: I, I feel like it's going to be some combination of the biggest loser meets jackass is what I'm <laughs> what I'm feeling in a, in a fitness journey with Jerry. But the reason why Nick's here. So we were very fortunate and we're this is this is one of those things where when you make friends with people and you you have a similar interest, it's very good to be able to leverage those relationships and share those relationships with our podcast and YouTube subscribers. So last week we had Ray Garvin on. He broke down running backs with us, and it was in what will seem like to the hardcore Devi and college fan, it might seem very, very elementary, but for someone like me who is just starting to wade into the waters of what will be 2021 rookie season, it's great to get that brief introduction of these rookies. So what we're going to do, we're going to do it just like last week. I am going to, Nick, I'm going to hit you with one wide receiver at a time. We're going to do five. We call this a five-by-five, five, very similar to a strength session in the gym. We're going to go five-by-five, five, five wide receivers, five questions per for a five-by-five. Five. So we're going to start with a guy who's getting a lot of buzz right now. Um, he's an Alabama wide receiver. Uh, I saw a lot of people over the last two weekends on Twitter calling him the wide receiver one in this class. So, so Nick, we're going to start with Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Who is he?
4: Yeah, so what's interesting is Devonta Smith uh, was the highest recruited receiver out of that group. You know, can you go back to last year? You had Ruggs and Judy and, and Waddle, who we'll talk about probably as well. Uh, he was the highest recruited one and the one that just kind of like faded away because these other guys had flashed so much. But Devonta Smith is the one that, won the national championship game when Tua looked off the safety and came back and people forget about that that was freshman year you know he's he's flashed there and then he's continually flashed and then he outplayed Jerry Judy um, in 2019 and it's like well hold on wait a minute you know who's Devontae Smith and he still didn't get the respect and what's interesting is the guys that you're going to ask me about on this show were my top five when I look over here at my Debbie report. So it's like pretty cool. It's like, okay, these are the guys I have up there anyway. And and I feel like he's been underrated all along because on film um, his route running is sexy. And I'll, and I'll say that when it, when it's there, cause it's just like, Oh, this is just everything that he does is just amazing with his footwork, with how he attacks. Cause a lot of it's mental. You have to have a plan with how you're going to go about it. He's on balance. Um, he, he's, he's just a phenomenal prospect. So we'll probably get into more of that, but he's 6'1", 175, um, four star guy, and he's been super productive. He actually set the Alabama wide receiver re- touchdown reception record, uh, for a career, which is cool too.
2: All right. So the first question we ask is, what does he do well? You mentioned a couple of things, but if you had to, you know, if you were writing this guy's resume, what would you put down as things he does well?
4: Uh route running is number one. He's always open. I mean, uh being on this show reminds me of the Terry McLaurin, you know, call out. Think of McLaurin. I mean, a guy that's a little bit skinnier, but he's is route running, nobody can guard him. That's one. And this is a, a compliment from Jerry Judy, which I see on film as well. Judy was asked about all four receivers. He's like, Okay, how do you separate you guys? Rugs is the fastest, Waddle's the quickest and most agile. I'm the best route runner and Devontae Smith catches everything in his hands. You wouldn't think so for a skinny guy in traffic, but he just he locks on, and he just catches contested balls and never drops it, which is what you want to see for a guy that's a little bit slight.
3: So he's got good hands. He's got unbelievable production. He does it against great talent. Mm-hmm. What does he have against him? Give me. It, it, is there something that stands out for you, or is it just... Nitpicking
4: at this point, uh, it it would kind of be nitpicking. I mean, I'm sure people are going to look at him and be like, Wow, he's not a great athlete, but he's just kind of like one of those sneaky athletes where like he's going to be in the four fours and he's quick and he is purposeful with his movements. Uh, but he's not going to drop a four three, you know. Um, his slight build is going to get the most of the scrutiny, but when you play strong. When you aren't afraid to run over the middle, when you can catch contested passes, I kind of don't care about that. Um, and we've seen Antonio Brown dominate. We've seen McLaurin dominate. I mean, McLaurin's a little thicker, but you know, we've seen that happen before. Marvin Harrison, they just dominate. So I'm I'm not that worried about it, but it's gonna be one of those things. I, I wanna see what happens when there's a really physical guy that is a corner. I mean, College corners aren't as good. Gets into his frame. I want to see what he does. But he uses his hands well, even when they do that. Um, yeah, he, he's he has the highest floor by far in this class.
2: That is awesome. So one of the questions that we're asking, because so many times I think we've all been burned. I think that's a fair way to put it. We've been burned by drafting a guy in our rookie draft because we loved him coming out of college. We loved his talent, but maybe we didn't love his landing spot. So what, for him, what would be the best possible landing spot in the NFL? I know a lot of teams need wide receivers, like one that come to mind for me, and maybe I'm reading your mind. Uh, I thought the New York Jets, because they've got Denzel Mims, who seems to play a different game, a bigger receiver, uh, more of a speedster, at least from what I can tell so far. So maybe that's a good fit. And then the next the next question, they kind of go together. It's a little sad, but whose job is he going to take? Because here's the thing. As these rookies come in, we want to help our dynasty owners. We want to help them prepare for who they're going to draft. But if we think someone's in danger of losing their job, unfortunately, it's going to cause a hit to their dynasty value. So so where, where would be a good fit, and who does he put at risk of losing their gig?
4: Uh, I, I like your call-out with the Jets. That makes sense. My my concern there would be they need to trade up to get him because he's going to go in the first round, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to say well, one one scheme fit that I like for him, a team that I like for him that makes so much sense. They should have done this last year is green Bay. He goes to green Bay. He's such a trustworthy guy that can step in right away with Rogers. They do timing routes. He beats, he can, he can play in that scheme where there's play action. He he can do everything that they want. Um, He's probably not the most amazing run blocker, but in terms of guys' jobs that he takes that you want to get rid of, uh, Alan Lazard is the guy. Get rid of him. Bye-bye. Sorry. You're just oh, not going to oh, be sure enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was, it's funny that you bring him up because we can tie this in before we go to Jalen Waddle because if we're going to be in Alabama, we might as well stay there for a minute. But Roll Tide. Uh, yeah, roll Tide, indeed. But we were talking about Robert Tanyan, and the debate came up about is he a worthy dynasty asset. And I think that he is because – Older quarterbacks, think of Tom Brady in New England. Think about Tom Brady demanding that they bring in Antonio Brown. Once you get one of these established veteran quarterbacks trust, it's it's not something that's going to go away overnight. And remember that from a patient standpoint, when, when a rookie or a free agent wide receiver winds up in Green Bay, Aaron's going to make them earn his trust. And you may not get the production you want right away, so just be cool. Depending on where they land. If Nick nails this one and he lands in Green Bay, don't be surprised if weeks one through four, one through five, as he's building rapport and chemistry with AR 12, that uh, uh, it doesn't take a minute. But yeah, we were talking about Robert Tanya. But let's get into Jalen Waddle, man. Who is he?
4: Man, Jalen Waddle, this is just one of those where I just, I feel so happy for this kid um, because he's just, he's a guy I loved out of high school. I actually had him my second rated wide receiver, even though he's smaller, 510, 182. He's a five star guy for rivals, four star guy for 24 seven, but he was highly regarded. Here's, here's an interesting fact, which I know this is why you have me on the show. Okay. He is, um, only, let me see here, two weeks younger than Devonta Smith who Devonta Smith has been there for all four years. Uh, And Jalen Waddle is only a junior. So that stuff matters though. You know, when we talk about that age with dynasty all the time and breakout age, that's a big thing, but uh, Waddle's a smaller, but he's got this, this build where he's almost like a little thicker bow legged, where he's got like shorter legs, but a little bit longer torso. Well, Devonta Smith has got this like shorter torso, but like longer legs. He's got like limbs all over the place. They're like polar opposite, but they're, Kind of similar with like slighter builds.
2: I I have heard and is, is, is a Tyreek uh, hill fit from a physical standpoint comp fair for a waddle? Because that that sounds very Tyreek esque. I think he's five ten, five eleven, one ninety-ish. Yeah, I would say yes,
4: based on the size, but then when you look at um the athleticism, he's a freak. His his acceleration is freak like. And his top end speed, I watched a play where Henry Ruggs went after this defender on a, on a pick six or uh, an interception return last year. And Waddle did too. And I was like, they look about the same speed. And I know everyone's all crazy about Ruggs' speed. So I wonder if Waddle can break 4-3. I have zero doubts that he'll be in the four threes because he will.
2: Can't wait. So uh, what does he do well? I want to
4: tell you a stat to tell you how what he does well. Okay, he um, his athleticism allows him to do lots of things on the field, and he's Alabama's punt returner. Uh, he's he's only done a couple this year, so I'm not going to talk about that stat. But last year, he averaged his punt return average was 24.4 yards, and I'm not talking like one punt return. I think he had like 20. 24 yards, it's insane. Um, and I and I'm I think it was like you know obviously it's on pace for like you know college record whatever. Um, because he's that dynamic in the open field, he just understands how he can use his speed. No one can you know he can hesitate and you know uh, pressure cut and get by guys. It's 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 so much fun to see. He's one of those players where he gets the ball in his hands. You're like okay. What's going to happen now? You know, which you don't see. You see that with Tyreek Hill, as you had talked about, where Tyreek on this last week, he got that that handoff and you're like, ah, he doesn't really have it there. Oh, yep. They went up the sideline. They can't catch him because he's just a freak. So um, his athleticism, his burst, um, and I would say his creativity and open fielder would make him, uh, I, w- I will say those are in the special category and I don't say that very often
3: would you say his size is the biggest thing that's going to hold him back?
4: Yeah. Um, because he's going to be a slot guy. Um, I how,
3: how detrimental do you think that's going to be for his dynasty value? Or, I mean, probably not his draft capital, I would guess, but as far as production in the NFL, if you had to guess.
4: Well, I, well, I, I like his route running. Um, sometimes he can body catch a little bit and you know, his, his hands aren't at, you know, Devonta Smith's level. Um, I, with teams as much as they play three four wide receiver sets I don't, I don't really hold it against them as much with I just want to know he's going to have to be schemed a little bit I think to get touches early on and and you want to see how he develops you know is he going to develop into this complete guy or is he just going to be like a Percy Harvin type you know what I mean um, I, I think he has more of a skill set but that's going to be the biggest thing is like okay is he is he Could he develop into that Antonio Brown, which I talked about, you know, and that's so hard to say because I remember Tyreek Hill when he was a running back at Oklahoma state. And then all of a sudden now he's this receiver that can do everything. There's so many things there, but you want to think of the tools that they have in their toolbox and he has elite open field ability and his athleticism. And those are things that you want to chase and you hope that the other tools come along.
2: I absolutely love a wide receiver with a punt returner's background because they're used to trying to break multiple tackles and not get smashed while doing it. And when they can get even the best of corners or safeties in the open field, it's not impossible to make a miss. And then when you're talking about elite speed and burst, like it sounds like he has, man, that's a deadly combination. So you you put him with with a good, accurate passer. So where's going to be a good NFL fit for him? And uh, who does he put at risk of getting bumped on down the line?
4: Um, I don't know if this is a great fit, but I was just thinking of where his skill set is badly needed. And I'm going to say the New York Giants. They badly need a weapon. Anybody.
2: I, I love that call. Somebody I, with I, a I bust. love that. <laughs> because they, they, they do. If, if you watch the New York Giants – and I'm not taking up for Daniel Jones because I am somewhat of a Daniel Jones fan. But he, Jerry, he's been operating with crumb bums and shoe clerks. Nothing against Darius Slayton. He's, what, a fifth-round pick out of Auburn. So he's, he's, he's maximized his talent window. Evan Ingram drops everything and has not lived up to his potential. Golden Tate at one time was an absolute dog um, and he still plays very tough for a man of his age, but they need juice. They need something. And I, I think that would be the perfect combination to me in my mind as I'm playing amateur NFL GM. And we all make fun of Dave Gettleman, but he, he won that Odell Beckham trade, by the way. But as, as I sit here and, and I think, I'm like, man, you draft, you draft this waddle kid and then maybe you sign like a Juju Smith Schuster in free agency, and then you're already bringing Ingram back on the fifth-year deal, and you still got Slayton to kind of be that complimentary three, four-target-a-game guy. You get Barkley back. You know, the offensive line's gotten better, and then now you're cooking with gas. But it sounds like if that were to happen, even without bringing in a Juju, it sounds like he would put a guy like Sterling Shepard, a guy who's never truly lived up to his potential that we thought coming out it sounds like we would, we would put someone like him in jeopardy of losing his job.
4: Correct. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And and, and part of part of what you need to do if you're this this amateur NFL GM, you, know, you have to surround your young quarterback with options, or else you know he's going to Sam Darnold his way to what's going to happen. You know, you,
2: you, and, you bring up a great you bring. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you bring up a great example. You look at Sam Darnold, who had a lot of potential and talent, and even and even. Um, Baker to a degree, it's gotten better. But then look at the, the path of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. You get head coaches and GMs and offensive coordinators that you put around these guys that, you know, they know what their limitations are and they give them every tool in the toolbox to make them successful versus a guy like Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen are like, figure it out, kid. Welcome mm-hmm. to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to see for, for like a Daniel that's a great pick they're going to be picking somewhat high in the draft depends on if they win the NFC East or not but I I love that one let's go to a guy who who lives not too far from me at least currently although I have been reading some mock drafts they have him mock drafted to the Colts which does not make a lot of sense but this man's name is Rondale Moore who is he Nick Whalen
4: oh man this is near and dear to my heart I got a personal story about Rondale Moore. You got me juiced up. Okay. Rondell Moore is 5'9, 180, 185 ish. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, he's thick, you know, lower body. I mean, there's a video of him at Purdue his freshman year doing Memphis's favorite exercise, which is squatting. He squatted 600 pounds as a freshman. And This kid is um, dedicated. I'll start with the story, okay? And we won't even build this into his positives, okay? I'm a coach, okay? You know, you know, you, Randy, you talked about that initially. You know, I coached, I coached in college, and then I, I coach in high school now. And I go to coaching clinics because it's the sickness is in me, okay? I love this sport, I love coaching, I love thinking about it. I always think about new plays, even though I'm not a coordinator right now. Like it's just in you. And I go to this clinic, it's in Chicago and Purdue's co-offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, Jamarcus Shepard is there. And I was like, okay, cool. Purdue's wide receiver coach. Do I want to go to this session or another session. I'm like, I'll go to one of those. And then I look at his resume and he was at Western Kentucky. Where do I have experience? Western Kentucky. He was actually there about two years after I was there. I was like, oh, cool. Here's my in. I can talk with him. And then... I want to know about Rondell Moore. Cause this is after his freshman year, you know? And so I go up to him and I just introduce myself and we, you know, have our Western Kentucky kind of, you know, coming together. And he, I asked him about a couple of plays and I said, Hey, so how good is Rondell Moore? And he's just like, he like loses it, you know, cause we're cool. Then he's like, it was tough because he was the best guy that came on campus. And that's tough when you have all these veterans there, but he told me after the Ohio state game. So if you watched the Ohio state game his freshman year, special just jumped off the page he was the best player on the field he won the game i mean you're purdue and you beat ohio state and you're a freshman and you're running over people yeah yeah not even a question like insane how good he did but here's the best part of the story after that game when you're a freshman you're 18 19 and you just beat ohio state it's party time right like you're like celebrating you know what i mean like you're having a ball he texted him at I don't know, 11 12 at night and he's like hey coach in the third quarter I missed that block but I know if I did this different technique I would get it
2: just just, just sign me up you, if you're in a draft with me you will be fighting me for Rondale Moore I, I love guys like this what? I absolutely love talented guys that, that that's why I love Terry McLaren Nick introduced me to the name started doing my own research and the more that th- this is a job and if and you can have all the talent in the world, but what's the saying? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You take an extremely talented guy and you let him work hard, or he wants to naturally work hard. The sky is the limit. So you're already in love with him. What does he do well? What what, yeah. what traits does he bring into the NFL? Right. That's going to be uh, going to be good for us in dynasty.
4: Well, I'll add in one more small part to that. He just said that he doesn't allow any of those distractions in. So he's he's even more dedicated than you would think to football, which makes me excited. What does he do well? He is um, he's a mix of oh boy, Percy Harvin and Davon Austin. Like he's strong and great after the catch. Jalen Waddle's great after the catch because he's super quick. Uh, Rondell Moore is strong and. Uh, agile and fast. I mean, he, Rondell Moore is going to be probably like a four three eight type of a guy. Jalen Waller could be a 4-3-flat type of a guy. But Rondell Moore is strong, like breaks tackles. Like it's, it's insane. He's kind of like in college, Cordell Patterson could break tackles in like 85 different ways. That's what Rondell Moore can do. So he understands angles. He's just phenomenal after the catch. Um, and then I would say um, he's also... I would say just strong. I mean, when he plays, he can break through like, you know, when they're trying to get rerouted, he can get back into his stem. Uh, He can have strong hands. I mean, he's, he just, when you look at him, you're like, okay, well this guy could get pushed around, but he plays bigger than his size, which is really important. uh, I think. Um, well, you can ask me about the negatives. I'll let you guys ask. So. I, I
3: am. No, go Go ahead. Is it the injuries? Is that one of the big things?
4: Th- that would be one. Yeah, he had a bad hamstring injury uh, that knocked him out last year. He had a finger injury actually this last spring as well. That kind of knocked him out. Uh, and then also it's, you know, what's he going to become? Because what they've, they've really limited him to a lot of manufactured touches at Purdue. You know, handoffs, screens. Um, you know, just hitches, option routes, a lot of slot stuff. You Which know. is
3: easy for them to do at Purdue because they don't have the horses like everybody else.
4: Yep, exactly. I mean, they, they they feed him. I mean, he had 114 receptions as a freshman. 114 as a freshman. I mean, you think about like not being in the shape to handle that. I mean, he, that shows you the shape he's in. Um I just don't know what he's going to be, kind of like Waddle, where are they just going to be the slot guy or are they going to evolve into this other thing? Is it going to be manufactured touches? That's kind of the biggest question mark. I think Moore has a – I've seen more to his game, but I think Waddle's done more down the field because he's had some quarterbacks and he's been in a better system. That way, Moore he's just limited. It's like, I don't know, can he do it, can he not do it? It's like Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin. Like, Can he catch the ball, can he not? And then you see him catch the ball later on. So that's kind of the biggest thing, holding him back. He can take too much time on his releases at times. He can try and do too much with stemming with the backs, but he still knows what to do, which is good. He just needs to clean it up a little bit as well.
2: Well, before I ask you where would be a good fit for him, the first thing when you were talking about, you know, hitches, bubble screens and everything, I really thought New England Patriots because they, and I don't mean to make fun. I've got a reputation for busting Cam Newton's chops um, but you're going to have a limited quarterback in New England, and they have absolutely – he's not taking anyone's job because there's no one's job worth saving in New England. Jerry, that's the epitome of crumb bombs and shoe clerks, uh, ham and eggers, if you will. And, you know, for a, a quarterback that's got, you know, limitations, whether it's Stidham or Cam or maybe a rookie, because I've seen some rookies mocked to the uh, New England Patriots, that feels like a good fit. Because limited quarterbacks tend to do better with wide receivers that do well around the line of scrimmage. So that's mine. I'm just throwing that out there based on your description. But where do you think he would best uh, fit on an NFL roster?
4: Well, I mean, I would say Nikhil Harry is that guy because that's kind of what he does. But I just, I'm not a fan of him. I never have been. Um, my scheme fit for him would be Detroit. Detroit needs another playmaker. Galladay has been banked up. Uh, is Marvin Jones going to still be there? You got Hawkinson who took a step. I'm really proud of his route running. I've been seeing recently, you know, I like Swift, but give them another guy. I mean, I, I I think Stafford gets such a bad rap. That guy is he, he's good. He's good with what he's dealing with. I think he's good. Is he perfect? No, you know, not everyone can be Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, but he's good. And give him, give him a weapon. We talked about surrounding your guys with weapons. Give him a weapon. I mean, Kenny Galladay was a, what, a third round pick. I mean, give him Rondell Moore. I would say late first, they would trade up to get him or early second. Get him more and then see what Stafford can do.
2: Well, th- that would make Jerry happy. But unfortunately, it's the law in the state of Michigan that they have to draft a tight end with that <laughs> first overall pick. So they'll, they'll probably wind up with Kyle Pitts, who we're going to talk about on a future episode. I just Ooh. love giving Jerry all the grief in the world. All right. We went back to back Alabama guys earlier. Let's stick with a, uh, another Big Ten guy, a guy out of Minnesota. Shout out to our boy Kane, Kane Fassell, row the damn boat. Um, we're going to talk about Rashad Bateman. Who is Rashad Bateman?
4: Man, I'm, I'll just say this. I'm proud of Rashad Bateman. I mean, he's a, he's a four star guy, but he was, he was a low four star guy. These other guys are all pretty high. You know, wow, well, not not sure. Rondell Moore was low, <laughs> by the way. I, I didn't even say that. I probably should check that. I mean, more or uh, Bateman here is like 59th, sixty first. If you look at rivals and twenty four seven, with where his, he was expected to be 6'2", 210. he's kind of ideal. Um, and before we kind of start into a lot of this other stuff, um, my comp for him is is. Michael Thomas. So if you think of Michael Thomas, his game type, that's what I see with Bateman. He's good at
2: football. Michael Thomas. Jerry, you got your pen handy? Michael Thomas, good at football. Write that down. Let me write it.
4: Yep. Yeah. Um, but interesting for Bateman. So Bateman started, you know, 2018, and he had to play alongside Tyler Johnson, who's, you know, he did it up there. But then 2019, he kind of took over as the man. I mean, down the field, he averaged 20.3 yards per reception, where Johnson was a lot of the smaller ones. And then he opted out this year. And then the Big Ten said, Hey, we'll play football. So then he's like, just kidding, I'll play. And then he just shut it down November twenty fifth. So we we didn't see as much. People are gonna be like, Well, I was disappointed this year. You only averaged thirteen point one yards per reception. One, what is this year as a season? And when it's the Big Ten and you're in, you're out, you're in. I mean, I don't I don't know how much I'm gonna
2: put my eggs in that basket. Yeah, we, we joked on our mock draft Monday night when his name came up that he had been playing the COVID hokey pokey. One minute you're in, one minute you're out, kind of, sort of. So what does he do well? What what appears on the film and what traits does he possess that make you excited for him as an NFL receiver? Uh,
4: he's a guy that, um, I'll, I'll be honest, our our bias plays a big, a big role in all this. He was a guy that was like, eh. I didn't really like him that much. And then the more tape that I watched, this is why I love watching film. The more tape I watched, the more I liked him. Then I watched another game like, oh man, another game like he was my number one wide receiver, my Devry report in this class. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't watch film and watch his purposeful movements with his feet, with his hands and his route running and not have him there. He is so efficient him and Devontae Freeman are top two guys in route running for me. Now, Devontae Freeman looks better because he's more athletic. Bateman's just not as athletic, but it's purposeful. Like, like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas isn't a great athlete. He's good. He's not great, but he just does everything great. Like all his movements. He makes everyone move how they want to. And he just sets up defensive back so well. So 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 footwork, route running, and body control. All of those are really good with Bateman
3: what was it that you saw that made you not love him at first? Because I, f- I feel like if there's anyone in this class that everybody was really high on for a little bit and then it slipped and in 2020 is probably a product of that, even though he really didn't struggle this year and Minnesota right. was a dumpster fire and he still showed out for them. What was it that initially made you not love him and sort of, you know, if there is a flaw in his game, what do you think is the most that stands out?
4: Um, uh- from from a from a film perspective I'll say stiff hips he's got some stiff hips to him where where his flexibility isn't there it hurts him a little bit in terms of after the reception um it hurts him a little bit with route running but he but he's He's worked around that, which I love. I love when you're like, "Hey, this is my flaw, but I know I can get around it by doing these movements in my game versus me trying to do something else." Like he doesn't try to be somebody that he's not. You know, if Derrick Henry was behind the line and danced and moved his feet a bunch, you're like, "What are you doing? Like you're not going to be you." He like gets downhill and uses his speed and his power. You know, so so that's what Bateman does. Like he just doesn't dance. He just does what he's supposed to do. Um, the other thing that hinders him is he's not a great athlete. I think so many times when we look at these players, we look at highlights, we're like, who's the biggest and fastest? I mean, right now it's like, who's the next DK Metcalf? Because that's all that matters. Who's the next Chase Claypool? It's all that matters. Like, football matters too. You know, I remember Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill was super athletic too. He didn't do anything, you know? So we we need to see the game. And Bateman has the game. And he showed it game after game for me that I was like, I have to keep moving him up. And I move him over Jamar Chase, which I know people are like, that's a, a sin, you know?
2: One of the things that that I'm really enjoying doing this is listening to you evaluate, and we did this last week with Ray as well. And then I start thinking through where where would be a good fit for him before I ask you. the The first team that come to mind didn't fit, but the one that I ultimately thought of was Houston because you've got the really speedy guy. Look at this. Well, that's he what can't. I, I had. I, so I, I, I did this with Ray last week several times too. I was able to get because it feels like with it feels like they'll bring Will Fuller back because when the quarterback. Wants him to be brought back, and the quarterback's going to be, you know, consulted when they go to get the new head coach. Obviously, they're going to consult him in bringing Will Fuller back. So Will Fuller feels like he would play a different game than Bateman, and that they would be a nice one-two punch. So, so obviously, you thought the same thing. Yeah. Now here's the problem. So in my head, I was just like, I just feel bad for Deshaun Watson.
4: Like he he deserves. you know Rashad baby he deserves like a Michael Thomas like guy on his team but then you're like well they don't have a first or second round pick like you know he's gonna have to like fall like mid-second they're gonna have to trade up like how's it gonna happen I don't know but like to me that just uh he deserves that and then who's it gonna hurt you know maybe we're just gonna say RIP Brandon Cooks and his 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 head I mean he's I feel bad. For him.
2: You know, he's, he's had more like I don't want to say soft tissue injuries this year, but Brandon Cooks has been okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like man, Deshaun Watson, he's been great, and a guy that I listen to for our some of our gambling stuff, and uh, he runs a website called Pregame dot com. His name's R J Bell, and he was putting out some stats. If you go to at R J in Vegas, that. Uh, the stats basically say that over the last like 15 games that Deshaun Watson's been a better quarterback than uh Patrick Mahomes. And it's not particularly close with the way that, so if you want to check those out, I've retweeted some of them, but I just imagine what Deshaun Watson could do once he gets a permanent head coach and uh some weapons and an offensive coordinator, just, just an amazing talent. So I, I like that one. But uh we saved the we saved the best for last, at least my favorite. Um the the guy that I've heard called the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones, which is a very bold statement. Consider I I see I see your face, um, but his name is Jamar Chase wide receiver Louisiana State. Now you did not see him this year as he opted out, but Nick, who is Jamar Chase for those that forgot?
4: Yeah, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was a, a solid prospect to come out. A four-star guy. He was 12th and 15th from rivals in 24-7 sports. Six-foot, 200. He's got that solid size. Um, If I had to... My my, my comps for him are hilarious, by the way. Uh, I have comps for all these guys. If you if you wanted to, to hear them, I could tell you. I, I put a lot of time into comps. And I have to put this asterisk out there. My comps are not their career arc. It's who their game reminds me of. Like, I'll say that and be like, okay, that's kind of who they are, you know? Um, so his comps for me, the overall one would be like a DJ Moore type. That's kind of who he reminds me of the most. But then if you would, if I always take like a minus this or a plus this, like if you were to take away some of Odell Beckham Jr.'s athleticism, that's who he could be. And if you want to take some of the size and strength away or in like smaller, he's like a Dwayne Bow. Now people hear that and they're like, ew, Dwayne Bow. Do you remember Dwayne Bow coming out of LSU, everybody, early in his yeah. career? He was a Did
3: beast. He had like a 14-touchdown season or a 12-touchdown season.
4: He was good. So so that that's kind of who he reminds me of. He's, um, I guess, in the in the good realm because we're going to start there. I mean, he was the Blitnikoff winner. 20 touchdowns, 21.2 yards per reception, like absolutely crushed it. Now, here's what scares me. And I put this tweet out actually recently. People didn't like this. Whatever. LSU 2019 was unbelievable. Like record setting. Like they're like the best thing ever. I mean set every record. Not everybody can be amazing, but we did that. Like Joe is like the hottest coaching prospect. He might be a head coach after next this year, one year with the Panthers, you know, as a OC. Joe Burrow, first pick. Jamar Chase, best receiver. You said since Julio Jones. Uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire, first round pick, jumped everybody. He's gonna light the world on fire fantasy wise
2: Justin Jefferson
4: Justin Jefferson which Jefferson did it so I'll give him that you know yeah, he-
2: I, I missed I missed the Jefferson bus by the oh, way so I was so I was so a l- little little uh, little little speculative but yes mm-hmm. um yeah. so 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 what does he do well outside of score a lot of touchdowns what do you think are gonna is gonna translate to the NFL for uh, some success strength he's a strong player for his size I mean
4: uh, that's why I put in there like that bow like and, and Odell is strong for his size. DJ more strong for his size. He's just strong, like strong at the catch point, strong after the reception, can break tackles. Um, now here's now I, I have a negative with that. I'll talk about later. So, so strong, um, his tracking ability and jump ball skills are good. And what combines those and makes them even better is he's on balance a lot. He runs his routes. He's always on balance, which that's important. That's a huge part of football. Like you can't be running out of control. Like there's a timing to all of this, you know, Um, and, and he puts all those together and it helps him on the outside a lot, but helps him when he comes over the middle uh, doing dig routes and things like that too. And then after the reception as well.
3: Listen, you have been waiting and I will not, Delay it anymore. Tell, tell tell me what has you trepidatious about Mr. Jamar Chase because it, it it's something. And if everybody's buying the hype and you're not, I want to know why. Because I got yeah. my pen.
4: Yeah, yeah. He struggles off the line of scrimmage. Uh, I see too many defenders get their hands into his chest and get him off of his routes. When, when you're running a route, okay, and the defender normally the corners they're always taking away your inside. They want to prevent a, a slant. And you watch Devonta Adams, right? He'll he'll fake inside and then come outside and then fake inside again. I mean, they, they do all, they do crazy things and make corners look you know bad. Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, all these guys. I see so many times Jamar Chase just ah, I'll just go outside. He he just relies on his strength and athletic ability instead of the technique parts being a technician, and that scares me. Now that's not all the time, but I don't see the crispness of his routes. Like I want to see from a Julio Jones type number one prospect. I just don't see the crispness there. And then also, if you're a big physical guy, I don't want to see corners getting their hands in your chest. Now, you know, I saw that with Trayvon Diggs doing that to him. And eventually later he would throw Trayvon Diggs or get some separation, you know, later on. But man, like if you're going to be great, be great in all of your aspects. You know what I mean? I just see some, some faltering there. And it's, I hope it's not laziness. I hope it's not. I'm just good enough. I can get by with this because I saw that with Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry did a lot of these same things. I'm good enough. I can just jump all people, and and you need all of the parts to be that at the NFL level. It's hard. Now he's still my third ranked wide receiver, or he was prior to the season. I haven't re-ranked him now, but and he's he's good. I'm not saying he's bad, but I just don't see those those things there. And those are like fundamental things for me. Like if the corner can have their hands on you all the time and you don't get off the line clean. You're not going to get targets.
3: No, that's the thing is when, when we talk about flaws in people, they listen, you tweeted this today that we need to stop living in this black and white world where everything is either right or wrong or hate or love. You know, I mean, it, you've been getting a lot of flack on the cam makers. I feel you. I understand it. This, this is one of those situations. We We don't hate these guys. We just, you have to address all things in every single situation to make mm-hmm. the best decision mm-hmm. for our future and for our dynasty team. So that's, that That's what we mean when when I'm coming in and asking him about the flaws of them because because I don't know them, and I want to know them, and that's why I've got two pages of notes sitting right here because Nick's my man well, I, I, that,
2: I, I I think too often it is that we we don't get any latitude to change our opinion and and just because you don't love somebody doesn't mean that you hate them it, it, it just it, it's not always that black and white there, there's a rankings process for a reason. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to get it right. I, I think our batting average and track records speak for themselves, but more often than not, we're going to get it right. But sometimes you're just going to, you're going to do it. And and very rarely will you hear anyone um, just come right out and say, Hey, this person is a bad football player. It, it doesn't work that way. It all comes down to, to situation and, and how things work out. Now, I have seen him mock to the Philadelphia Eagles a lot. I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like in about four months. Uh, I hear, I, the word on the street is that they're going to Osweiler wince out of Philadelphia to my Colts. Hey, if they, if they want to send Wentz and his bloated contract and a couple of picks for us to take him, Hey, I'm game. The Colts have got the cap room. And uh, I I would love to see that reunion, nothing against Uncle Phil. He's got us at nine and four. But what is the ideal spot? So if if you're Jamar Chase's agent, where do you want to see him land to maximize that value?
4: I I don't think he's going to last, but I would love to see him take Corey Davis's spot in Tennessee. Have him be this play-action guy where he can just use his strength, to block, which I think he needs to improve on a little bit, but do dig routes, crossing routes, you know, and and that would help with the separation because there's going to be less linebackers because they'll be worried about the run. I think that him teaming up with AJ Brown would just be awesome in Tennessee.
2: Well, as a Colts fan, I'm using my line item veto power to veto To veto Jamar Chase winding up in the AFC South, I say nay. And before we wrap this up and thank Nick for coming on, I am going to talk Corey Davis for just a hot second. (laughs) He is not a rookie, but he is one that if you go back, I don't know, maybe a year ago, year year or two ago, Nick and I had the great Corey Davis debate. Here's what I'm going to say. I was wrong about the talent that is Corey Davis. I've seen flashes of it. Uh, Jerry will tell you, I've advocated for our patrons and our patron group to buy Corey Davis going back to the preseason. Uh, I am excited for him to be given the opportunity to show what his talent can truly do. I don't think he has an alpha personality, even if he has an alpha game. And I think he's going to do real well where he winds up in a situation where his work can just uh, speak for itself, and he doesn't have to butt his way to the front of the line. Uh, this will probably blow some people away, as my uh, my love for Baker Mayfield, uh, while growing, is not all the way. I would love to see him be the, uh, the number two in Cleveland with uh, Jarvis Landry. I don't think Odell Beckham fits there, and for those that want to disagree, I'll just... Have you checked the scoreboard real quick in Baker's stats since Odell's been gone and before Odell got there. there? There's something that gets in Baker's head, and I would love to see Corey Davis wind up in a spot like that because I, I was wrong. He's more talented than I gave him credit for. We've seen flashes, but I'll be – and nothing against Ryan Tannehill. He's like the the QB7 on the season at the quarterback position, but I would love for him to wind up I, – I think him and Tua would have a good personality uh working well together. I think he would do well with Daniel Jones. I think he would do well with Russell Wilson. I just think that there are so many places and I think I the one that just popped into my head, San Francisco. I know they've tried the Debo thing and Iucas look like a star, but I, I would love to see someone with Corey Davis's tools in his tool belt have the advantage of playing with someone like Kyle Shanahan. So there you go, Nick. I, I've 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 admitted he my a little. F- I, I, a little, he's, a little. He still said he wasn't a guy, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, I'm here's just, the thing. No, no. It, 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 I'm just being honest. It's, it's personality traits. Some guys are alphas. Some guys are pound their chest and me, 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 demand the ball. Some guys can be just as talented without always having to be the center of attention. He's not the diva wide receiver that so many are. And if he was, if he demanded really those, yes, yes, and 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 he needs to he needs to find his Matt Ryan. He needs to find the guy who can unlock his full potential and give us everything. Like I said, I've, I've been buying a lot of Corey Davis. I've been advocating for Corey Davis. Please don't tell Izzy. Izzy and I made a trade in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League where uh, we, we did some trading and it, it, neither one of us really won the deal, but... Um, he always likes to rib me every time Corey Davis has a good game and I'll send it back when Ty Hilton has a good game. That's just the nature of the beast. But Nick, thank you so much for coming on, talking these rookies. What's going on with you, man? You you got the life coach thing going on, you've got you've got the dynasty nerds thing going on, the graduates. I mean, just tell us what's up. Yeah, so just working
4: on that stuff and then uh I I I dabbled and it takes a lot of time, but I started my own YouTube channel, so I, you know, I I did uh I was, I don't know, I was maybe the first person talking about the flaws of Jonathan Taylor and how he needs to improve them. And that was kind of fun. I did one on Kenyon Drake and I had Matt Wallman or he had me on his guest. I put that out there. So that's kind of fun. Just me breaking down film and, uh, and doing that. But yeah, dude, I, I love life coaching. Um, I'm trying to get my foot back. So for working out, I'm doing that a bunch, you know, being a, <clears throat> being a counselor and just trying to get through COVID, man.
2: Yeah, I want but to make
3: the, sure the foot has been a hassle in and of its own, man. But hey, bless man. your heart for everything you have had to do with that. I know all that racing and everything means so much to you, and it's just been a pain in the ass, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And you still fighting, staying positive. Mm-hmm. One of the good I, dudes, man. That's I, I, why I'm I like not,
2: talking to you too. I'm not I'll counting my you. man out. I'm not counting Nick Whalen out. He's tougher than a two dollar hey, He'll He'll be he'll be back out there running before you know it. He, he is one of the genuinely good people. And when you hear life coach, guys, everybody needs someone to talk to sometimes. You know, th- this COVID year has been really, really weird. And I know we're, we're getting vaccines and I'm not going down a weird road. But I, I think the mental health capacity and the, the, the issues that can come along behind that could, could you know, do a, could do a lot more harm than the actual virus itself. So if if you ever felt like you need somebody, dude, reach out to Nick. He's an amazing friend. He's an amazing guy. Uh, very well spoken. He's a counselor by trade. So I cannot recommend this guy enough. If you're looking to uh, straighten some things out in your life,
4: yeah, I appreciate that, guys. That that means a lot. I mean, t- to me, I mean this, you know, uh, this football passion that we have. I mean, it's just it's just a platform. Like I, I would rather help people in their lives that's why we talked about the fitness thing randy you know that's why that's why i decided to, to try this life coaching thing. So i'm like i already do counseling i'm like if i can help out and, and i want to focus on guys i don't want to have you know no offense females but like yeah i'd rather focus on guys because we're always talking with guys but also there's this stigma of counseling with guys i mean i'm a guy's guy okay like you know i, I do the crazy racing thing i'm all into sports you know I, I do stuff with my cars. I haunt, like I'm a guy's guy, but like we got stuff we have to work through, you know, whether it's relationships or work or, you know, stuff that we got, you know, there's addictions, there's so many things, but like, I would rather help someone's life in that way than, you know, Hey, Corey Davis. And we hit on that one or whatever. Like, you know, that's fun, but like, you know, meaningful stuff. And that that's towards my Christian background and a lot of that stuff too. So
2: Hey, man, I'm with you. I love helping people with their dynasty. If you listen to the opening rant of this podcast, you know I'm very passionate about that. But I would give up helping a 1,000 people with their dynasty rosters if it just meant I helped one person with their health, with their fitness, and gave them a better life so that they could have uh, a little bit more. But, Nick, man, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Check him out at underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter um we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work this Jerry's fitness life into a YouTube series that's gonna break that's the internet we're gonna we're gonna give him we're go- Nick and I are gonna give you workouts we're gonna have you film them we're gonna have your lovely wife film them and then we're gonna post them on the YouTube channel while Nick and I narrate I smell money I smell money as Jerry's bleeding I'm gonna remind him that 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 blood red turns dollar green so Plus.
3: Luckily, my insurance is okay, so I should be able to survive it. But before we get out of here, I'm not going to let Nick leave this studio, whatever you want to call it, until he calls his shot on a small a small school guy. You hit us with Terry McLaren last year. Bro, it, give me something to write down. Give me one of these guys. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a small school guy, someone that not a ton of people are talking about right now that's just that little Nick Whalen gem that mm-hmm. I can just – steal from everybody else
4: yeah no I appreciate it. that was that was fun at the McLaurin that was a fun one um I'm gonna give you not one I'm gonna give you three now um they're all in the same category and they might not all uh be draft eligible they might not all declare but they're all transfers so and I don't want to tell a little story about why I picked these guys uh first you talked about Baker Mayfield Randy he 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 just kind of found this new receiver that's just kind of worked for him. That, you know, late round pick, Donovan Peoples Jones. Like, who's this guy? Donovan Peoples Jones was the top receiver for most people. He was my wide receiver, I think, too, when he came out. Super athletic. It just didn't develop for him at Michigan. You know, I'm I'm a hardball guy. I know you're not Jerry. We won't go there. But Jay Patterson is not a good quarterback. He had the best receiving core. Ever. True. I, mean, I mean, Ole Miss and Michigan, um, because there's he had Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, and Nico Collins, uh, who, by the way, I was told I have to mention Nico Collins on this. I, I saw the, the tweet, so uh, he's a good receiver, too. Um, but he wasted these talents, and Donovan Peoples-Jones flashed, right? Big, athletic, had the pedigree, flashed some, didn't fully develop. I got three guys for you that are in that category. Okay, the first one, the main one, is Trayvon Grimes, wide receiver. Used to be at Ohio State, transferred to Florida. Um, he's flashed. He's big, six four, athletic. Um, hasn't put it all together. I want to see him have stronger hands, a little bit better route running. But man, he's a guy to think. I mean, you. I mean, you have to about small, you know, small chance guys you can get from your fourth round of your rookie draft. This is kind of one of those guys. And then these other two would be dependent on kind of what happens. Uh, I I think Tariq Black doesn't have any more uh, eligibility left, but he went from Michigan to Texas. He was my number one guy. Oh, I loved how he moved. If you guys remember how Stevie Johnson had this body type where he could go laterally despite being a big guy, it was just weird. And that's how Tariq Black's body in athleticism is. He he has a, a lateral ability to him that big guys shouldn't have. And yes, he, he has a good game to him too. Good ball skills, et cetera. And then the other one, former top five-star wide receiver, didn't work out, Justin Shorter. Went to Penn State, thought he's going to be the guy, put on a bunch of weight, didn't happen for him. Transferred to Florida. Sounds like he's a little bit more motivated. Hasn't really happened. I'm not sure if he's going to come out this year. Might be next year. But he's a guy that just don't forget about the overall pedigree and talent that could be there. You know, and I'm always in these three guys. I'm also really big on giving people second chances. I always want to see what you know, one of those stories. So those would be the three that I would uh, look for. Main one would be Grimes. Black would just really make me happy because these guys always been. I've always been high on and shorter. We'll just see.
2: Nick, you are a gem, and and you shouldn't be a hidden gem because everybody should be following you at underscore Nick Wayland on Instagram. He is a good Instagram follow, and uh, but I look forward to to get you getting healthy, you getting back down here, we getting past this COVID, we get some people vaccinated so we can get back out in the mud and do some obstacle course racing. You got to get that foot healed up, but uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, just another great guest in Nick. And we'll get back here next week. We're going to do a little bit of a shorter show. I don't know that we can scrape up five tight ends. I don't know that there's five good tight ends in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football right now. But uh, there may be some reinforcements on the way. But until next week, on, ha- on behalf of these two guys, his name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him at jerrysindwz. You can follow Nick at Nick under, uh, excuse me, at underscore Nick Whalen. And I'm at D W Z Memphis. And until next time, on behalf of these guys, We're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.
1: Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer-downers for days in the Patreon the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the depth of patreon is the uh the group chat tell you what these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know the best part is there's no twitter trolls or facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about so uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat